Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. on I you know I hear everything that's going on on my board right now except for when I actually answer the phone like cat can hear me I can't hear her at all at all I don't know what's going on I can hear everything else I hear every bit of audio that's playing on the computer right now I just don't understand why the calling isn't working so um Bear with me. I'm not even on Facebook Live yet. That's how much of a problem I'm having right now. Um, but um, let's see here. I gotta. I have to get a hold of Sifu Bob. I had to. I'm texting him right now. I had to start the audio. Um, I haven't gotten on FB yet. Our audio. Our audio is fried. I can't hear anyone, but can hear everything else. I don't know how to fix this. I hope he understands this because I'm... uh, I'm typing so fast that he can't, <laughs> that he can't understand what's going on. Anyway, I'm going to try something different here, though, too. I am going to mute this mic. Hold on. I'm going to mute this mic and use and use my phone. Can anybody hear me? Hello, Pat. Can you hear me? Don't understand why I can't hear anything. Hold on a sec, folks. Let me try this again. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show. Okay. Well, I can hear that. I don't understand why I can't hear anybody else. Um, you know what, folks? Um, I might have to Let's see here. Hold on a sec. Let me uh, check my settings here real quick. Cat, can you hear me? Well, I mean, yes, everyone can hear hear me. I just can't hear anyone else, and that's uh, that's a deal breaker. Um, Let me try something different here. Test, test, test. No, can't hear anybody. Ah. Okay. Think, Rusty. All right. So, 
I, you know, I haven't really apologized for the uh, audio problems that we're having, folks. I cannot hear anybody that's calling in. So even if I answer your line, folks, I can't hear you. I won't be able to hear you. I know you can hear me. So if you're the 949 number, I, Rob, if that's you, I, I, I'm not going to be able to hear you no matter what. Even if I put up okay. your line, yeah, I can can't you hear, hear you. Me? Rob, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, I Hello? can hear you. I you can, can hear, hear me. Fine. Yes. Well, that's weird. How come Cat can't hear me? Cat, can you hear me? That's weird. That's weird. Hmm. Okay. Well, stay on the line there, Rob. How about now? Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, no, okay. I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, as a matter of fact. Hi, Rob. <laughs> Thanks Hi. for putting up with me. <laughs> Let's call is Bob this now. Yes, this is Restita. Uh, oh, yeah. Let me go ahead. I'm good. I'm good. I'd be better if I could figure out what's going on with the uh, with my audio. But let's give Bob a call and get him on the line here real quick um, and see if his line works. <clears throat> and I, it's not ringing. Oh, there it goes. Okay. <clears> hmm. <throat> Hello. Okay, Bob, I can hear you. This is good. All right. Okay, that doesn't that doesn't start. Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let me try something different. Okay. Because I'm I'm actually on my phone doing this. So, but I want to use the other mic. So hold on a sec. Hold on a sec, folks. All right, how about now? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Kat, I know you can hear me. Let's try that. Kat? <laughs> well, I know she can hear me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have her hang up and call back. Um, and... I'm gonna call you back. I'm gonna text her. We're not we're not on Facebook Live yet, so we're we're good. <laughs> no, no, we're only on the air. Only on the air, but you know, if no one knows that we're on the air yet, you see what I'm saying? I'm gonna call you back. Uh, okay, there she is. Okay, let's see her. Hi. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone can hear me. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Okay. Yep. All right, good. All right, let's. Uh, sorry about that, you guys. I don't know what happened there. It's almost like I can't hear anyone before the 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 show goes on. It's really weird. But all right, so give me one sec, folks. We're gonna and then we're gonna actually start all over again. Um. So let me go ahead and get us on the Facebook Live here. So, Bob, if you could carry the conversation for a second, I can't call. I can't uh, talk and do this at the same time because I got four windows. <laughs> I'm <And> sorry. Then, <laughs> what? <laughs> there was a there was a joke in there somewhere about walking and chewing bubblegum at the same time. Uh, I can't walk and chew bubblegum. Oh gum. crap! People up and and work a computer and yeah, it's 
<laughs> so what's your point? Wait, so you, you can hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. I was ready to give up. But can you hear me, Kat? Yes, honey, I hear you. Okay. All right, then. So, Bob, it's all yours for just one I've second. I've always been able to hear you. <laughs> well, well, now I get to hear yeah, you. Yeah, that's okay. right. Kat has always been able to hear you. You haven't been able to hear her, though. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and I'm guessing it's because we weren't on the air yet, which makes no sense. All right, so I'm going to have you carry the conversation for a little bit, Bob. Don't, I mean... So we're who, not on, who's on the yet? line? I don't know who's who's Bob, on the line so Bob, far. Rob is on the I'm line. I'm with now. you. I'm with you, Bob. Rob is there. Okay. I'm with who you, else? Bob. Anybody else? I know you're I'm a with cat. You, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Bob. That's going to be our log line. <laughs> okay. Then we got somebody on hold from two seven zero. I know two zero six is you. Yeah. Uh, we have pretty much the West Coast area code covered. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I just want to let our callers know right now we're still kind of in the green room because we had some audio problems. Um, I'm going to get us onto our Facebook live video feed here in a second. So um, just bear with me, folks. Um, Sifu, Bob, and Kat, and, Bo- and Rob, Stefan are just- Shoot the breeze for a little bit while I get our while I get our uh, thing going on here. All yours, Bob. <laughs> oh my, Bob. She, you know, I love when she puts me on the spot, Rob. I'm telling you. So, uh, what type? Without going into detail, Rob, because that's what we're going to do in a minute. Uh, what mm-hmm. kind of things are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about drills, kids' drills, uh, games for the kids? Uh, what are we sure. exactly the topics we're going to cover? Well, I was going to talk about, you and I touched a little bit on this in person, about kids when we were kids and kids now and what kids respond to in teaching, maybe right. even for non-martial arts people, why martial arts training is very valuable for kids and mm-hmm. ways to deal with different kinds of behavior or learning styles. Right. So there's nice. a visual, kinesthetic, and auditory. There's, you know, different levels of, of training where you go from um, primitive to mechanical to spontaneous. And how do these kind of things happen when you're dealing with kids versus adults? And what does it take to get it to happen? That kind of thing. That, that's kind mm-hmm. of what it was that, on my mind. That's true because, you know, things have, have changed since we were kids. I mean, our response is to the back of a hand and a stick. Mm-hmm. That was our be- that was our behavioral adjustment. It might have been in your day. It's been in mine. What do you mean in my day? What kind of crap was that? In my day, you make it sound like I'm the oldest. Huh? You're making it sound like every dojo. You're making it sound like every dojo slapped their kids around. Back in the day, they did. Well, I we guess mine was that when I was a kid. Oh, that was the way it was when I was. The studios around here. I, I know that um, when I was younger, you, they didn't give black belts to children. It wasn't possible. Right. It wasn't. Right. A, it wasn't an option. And it wasn't an option um, then. No. 
it wasn't an option, and you had to be 18 to test for one, let alone get one. And I know I right. have a, a reference letter from when I was a brown belt, so I was probably around 20. And the reference letter said that only about one in 300 people that came through his doors earned black belt. And that was the, that was the consensus for our school at that time back then. And it's just now, but why time. is that, Rob? Was that it was the curriculum was tough? Was it people couldn't handle it and they just dropped out? How did that break down? It's a very good question. I think it was um, indicative of the times, for one. I know that there was a lot more adults training back then, and I know that there are adults training in many styles today. But the bread and butter of most commercial martial arts schools is children, Our children's kids. classes, right? Right, yeah. absolutely. And, and I remember when I was a kid, when I started, I think I started at like 16, 15 or 16, and the group classes were adults. They mm-hmm. were people from like 20 up to, let's say, 40 years old that were adults, right. and there was a real kind of intimidation factor because it was adults you were doing takedowns with or sparring with or whatever, and, and right. people were really wanting to learn how to actually defend themselves in a real context. Mm-hmm. So... Yep. It, those, are great it's to, those are great points that we're to, to touch on because, you know, a, a lot of people now are, are familiar with, like, what we were just talking about, that kids nowadays are the bread and butter of a, yeah. of a studio. Um, but, you know, that's the new, new generation. <laughs> yeah, the new generation is a very unique generation. And I would even say, you know, I can say a lot without disclosing specific names, but I know uh, of a school that, Basically, the kids' program is so strong, and then the the quality of student is is so particular that much of the material has adapted to the student, and the mm-hmm. curriculum has adapted to the student. Whereas, when I was first introduced to this particular style and began studying, I had I took notes. I had a Mead notebook and would take notes every night and practice things. I don't know how many times because they were so unusual. Right. You know, right. I didn't have a relationship to it, and they, but they wouldn't change it. I had to change for it. It didn't change for me. Exactly. Awesome. Well, this is going to be great. Okay, I have everything set up, so we're gonna we're gonna pretty much start the show over again. We're 15 minutes over time, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll just do this. Okay. We'll just quick. So here we go. I'm going to ask that everyone remain silent for just one second, and then we're gonna go ahead and. Well, more than one second. We're going to go through the whole intro again. So here we go.
You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. We also have our special guest today, Master Rob Steffen with us. Master Rob, how you doing today? I don't know about Master, but I'm doing really well. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really great. Um, does Sensei work, or does they call you Rob? Sensei works, yeah. No, Sensei's great. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. How you doing there, Bob? Good. Well, I've got a couple things to share. Okay. You know, Rob and I ran into each other at the Art Camacho Roast, which was absolutely awesome. A lot yeah. of good roasters, a lot of good, you know, Art took it with a grain of salt. Uh, it was done really well, but there were some problems getting to that point, but it did very, very well. Uh, Art had auctioned off some some uh, memorabilia that he had. He was giving half of it to the, to the uh, <clears throat> museum. So okay. we, we see this stuff. Jenny, my wife, and I are looking at it, and he's got movie props in there. He wants to, because at first he wanted to start off with a silent auction, and then we were okay. going to take it home with one last bit at the end, right? And mm-hmm. he had these silent auction prices. It was ridiculous. A pair of nunchucks that Don Wilson had used in Sci Fighter, 20 bucks. That's where he wow. wanted to start at. And Jenny looks at me, and I look at her, and we said, I don't think so. So she changed <laughs> all the prices on everything, started the nunchucks at 75 yeah, uh, up every price. Didn't and they go to 250 eventually? I think so. I think it went for about 150 oh. or 160 actually. Yeah. And I walked up to Art, and I said, uh, Jenny changed all the prices on all your yeah. – all your items because I I think you were drinking the night you made up the prices. <laughs> Seriously, I think it was. Uh, we earned over six hundred dollars for like five items. Yeah. For five items. Well, I just went... to... Oh, go ahead. I wanna I wanna defend art really quick because he did make a point to say he doesn't drink except for beer and tequila. And that but that's it. Yep. <laughs> that's that is it. And him and I did have a shot of Cuervo Gold that night in front of everybody. Uh, but yeah, the the museum got over three hundred bucks, which was great. They didn't even expect anything close to that. And they really dug deep that night, and we had a blast roasting him. We really did. It was it was it was adequate food. It wasn't great, and it wasn't bottom of the barrel. It was adequate. Uh, then uh, last last night, which happens to be our next week's guest, we honored Vince Cesarian, Cesarian mm-hmm. at uh, the Martial Arts History Museum, which was also very, very fun. The guy is funny, very personal, very intimidating. 
This guy is built. He has like 20-inch thighs. He's just built guy. But very nice guy. He's our, he's our next week's guest. Lives about a block from me. Teaches out of here, too, which is very cool. Really? Uh, so, I'm sorry, what, Rob? Did you shake his hand? Yes, I did. If you shake his hand, it feels like a vice grip. It's really something. I mean, he, the guy is just, he's just built like a tank. Wow. Yeah, and you can't see your hand. His hand is so big, your hand doesn't appear. <laughs> Yeah. It it's it's weird. So yeah. this that, week that would mean we, we had me up. The, Oh yeah, he could just he could grab you and shake you. Uh <laughs> one of well, a couple things before I go into that. Uh a couple things happened this week. We had a guy sick at work that I guess controls the radio. So we were listening mm-hmm. to an oldie station this week one time instead of hip hop, thank God, because I don't like hip hop. Well, yeah, they were doing a what is the dumbest question you've ever been asked? And the only one comes to mind. One time, and my wife hates me telling this story. One time, I went to the linen closet, grabbed a towel. I was, I was, I was undressed. She looks at me and she says, "You go. You gonna take a shower?" I looked back at her and said, "Nope. I'm going to the beach." Dumbest question I've ever been asked. Hey, that was funny. Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> This is a this is a tough room tonight. Uh, I missed that too, Bob. What, what was that again? Did you really? No, I went to I, I was yeah. undressed. I went to the linen closet. I grabbed the towel. My oh, wife okay. asked me. She says, "Oh, you gonna jump in the shower?" I said, "Nope, I'm going to the beach." Okay, I get Just it. it. What else would you oh, be doing? Okay, God. I get that now. <laughs> I used to think I was funny. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it now because what else would you be doing? No, now, now I have explained it. Uh, no, and then today I jump out of the shower. I had my pants on, but I was still barefoot, and I was like ice skating across the kitchen floor. And she said, "Honey, the floor's wet," and I I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing because all I'm thinking is, "No kidding." <laughs> I almost mm. went, I almost went up against the wall, and she's like, "Honey, the floor's wet." No kidding, really. <laughs> I was laughing. No so I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> uh, now, I wonder if, if this has ever been done with you, Rusty. So last night, Vince is telling a story about how some guy, and he said it very funny, some guy threatened him with Yelp. Have you ever been yeah. threatened with Yelp before? Yes. Yeah. Oh, how bad is that? I know people who have. People have to, yeah. That actually went on to Yelp and, and, and did, did stuff? Yeah. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll actually go on. You? If they'll go on, they'll go on, and they'll uh, they'll make your life hell by leaving you bad reviews and stuff like that. I mean, I, yeah, yep. I've known people that have dealt with that, and uh, yeah, I've and uh, well, it's it's funny, Rusty, because I was doing some work for now. This is going to sound totally racist, but it's not me that said it. Uh, I was working for this Israeli guy, and he says he doesn't worry about Yelp. I said, why not? He says, you know who reads those people, who reads those reviews? White people. And you know who writes mm. them? White people. White women. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it does sound racist, but it's absolutely true. Wait a minute. I Don't resemble that remark. Yes, uh-huh. you do. Because, <laughs> uh, guys, they, we don't care. We're not going to write a bad review. Uh, I know it sounded bad, but that's what this guy said, and he's absolutely true. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, like in in mar- in the martial arts world, I mean, I've I got a bad review from a competing taekwondo school um, during a contest. In fact, the contest is happening now. I was my school was nominated for the best of Western Washington, right? It's a it's a contest that Evening Magazine, um, hosted by King Five TV over here, does every year, and this is like the every third year, yeah. Fourth, yeah, and this is the third or fourth year I've been nominated. But the first year I was nominated, um, I had like I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of votes, and um, I was going neck and neck with this Taekwondo school in the North End for about a week, and what he did is he left a whole bunch of crappy reviews for me on my website. No and wow. on Google reviews and stuff like that. And he went so far as to change my studio. He requested to get the category changed from martial arts facility to fitness facilities, completely different category. So anyone that voted for me wouldn't be voting in the martial arts category. They'd be voting in fitness. So I remember that, yes. Remember that? Remember that? And he won that. Yeah, yeah. that's just wrong. Oh, I know. That, that like, is. He won that year, and I was just like, oh, really? You jerk. But anyway. So, hey, Kat, how are you over there down in sunny California, the sunnier side of California, the hotter side of California? I, I just have to say that I, I'm i so grateful that I can be heard this time because the last two shows have been a nightmare mm-hmm. on my end and frustrating. So. I'm happy. I'm happy I can be heard. I think you were frustrated. <laughs> I was I was about ready to throw my computer out the window. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned, folks, because um, in about we're running about 15 minutes behind, so at about 6:45 or so, uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, get with um, the subject of the, of the night, and that is teaching kids martial arts. But real quickly, we're just going to go through our first segment of our birthdays and announcements and news and stuff like that, take a short break, and then we're going to get right on the road with teaching martial arts, uh, teaching kids martial arts with Rob Steffen. And we've got, uh, um, say Rob, that works with kids. I work with kids. I know Kat has worked with kids. Um, and Bob, uh, you've taught kids. At one point yeah. or another, correct? <clears throat> so, yeah, this oh, yeah. will be very interesting. And uh, when we open up those phone lines, we'll be sure to let you guys know out there in Facebook land. And make sure you give us a call, 347-677-0699. Let me put the phone number up here again, so that way you guys know what the uh, phone number is. There it is. There's our phone number, 347-677-0699. All right, let's get moving on. Who do you have for birthdays, Bob? Okay, there is one I'm going to skip and let you take it, but we have on 10-3, we have Eric Thompson, Richard Lawrence, and Chelsea Nag, which is the daughter of Greg Woldridge, our very good friend. On uh, mm-hmm. 10-4, we have Wayne Riley. 10-5, we have Malaya Bernal. And on 10-7, we have Rick St. Clair. Now, who do you have, Rosie? Right on. Well, on the 3rd of... October, we've got Sifu Chenyan Lee, um, who was a guest of ours uh, a few weeks ago here on Facebook Live, and they put on just the most amazing A great show. Oh, my God. And I kick myself to this day 
because something happened to the feed afterwards and it didn't post at all. It didn't, oh. it didn't archive itself at all. I was beyond livid. And it was great. It was great. The footage it was, was unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't announce her as a birthday, not because I didn't want to. I forgot how to pronounce her first name. <laughs> and I said, you know it really well. That and happens. I, the, the, I know, doesn't it? I'm like going, oh, my God, I can't do it. <laughs> I know. It looks like Tian Yuan, but it's Shenyun. Shenyun. And she's so awesome. And, you know, the numbers on that were amazing because when we when the when we started to broadcast there was already like there was already like a hundred people that were like commenting and watching and stuff like that and I was just oh, it's good it's myself <laughs> I don't know what went on but anyway so all right let's go on to announcements um what do you, what announcements do you have on your end there Bob anything going on in your neck well, of the woods in 2 weeks and i think i think this is the first month ever that you and i are going to see each other in the same month twice yes yes because you, you know there was a time we saw each other 2 weeks apart but that was for the bot lock and then for dragon fest but they were in different months right this is the only one time that they're actually going to be in the same month. We're going to mm-hmm. see each other in two weeks for the Gathering of Champions uh, mm-hmm. tournament in Torrance that was done very well from uh, Professor Alan Giobad and Sensei Jason Messia. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going up there, which I thought I made it clear. I said, now this, and I'll tell you why I say it this way. I said on my post the other day, and you saw it, I just purchased, I just booked my flight for October 27th to go up and see the USA Hall of Fame, however I worded it. I said, I booked my flight. Some guy came up to me last night and said, I thought you were in Seattle. Your post said you were, you were leaving. I said, no, it didn't. It said I booked my flight. That's right. Like, well, uh, but then I'm going up there for the USA Hall of Fame at the end of the month. That's right. That's right. Which is going to be very cool. Oh, that's going to, yeah, it's going to be badass. Um, The Gathering of Champions, write this down. Um, Saturday, October 14th, the uh, doors open at 8 for registration. You you can actually go to, oh, I forgot the name of the the website. But if you go on here on Facebook and look up Gathering of Champions, it'll it'll give you a link to the website where you can register um, for the tournament. Or you can register there. So doors open at 8. It's going to be at the Torrance Marriott Redondo Beach Hotel at 3635 Fashion Way, Torrance, California, 90503. There we go. Now, getting back to uh, what Bob was talking about toward the end of the month, that is the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame that's going to be held right here um, in the Seattle area at the Emerald Queen Casino Hotel and Convention Center. Um, well, actually, it's not really Seattle. It's a suburb just outside of Seattle called Fife. <clears throat> and, uh, it's, uh, and the only reason why is because, you know, it's a casino. We can't be, you know, the, the casinos can't be in Seattle city limits. I don't know why. 
They have to go outside. Now, now, from what you were saying, though, Rusty, isn't this off of the casino, sort of? It's not actually in a banquet room in the casino. No, or it's not. Or is that the meet in, and greet? The, no, that's, uh, you know, no, you know, the first time I went to the Seattle USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, they had the meet and greet and karaoke uh, party at this, at this um, uh, bar that was, I don't know, maybe about a, 20 minutes, a half hour away from the casino itself. Yeah, but it was oh. like dark roads and, you know, country bumpkin type of stuff. <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah, where? you'd fit in with that. Yeah, where am I going? You know, you know, actually in that area, Tacoma, Fife, um, Covington, Kent, Auburn, that kind of thing, there's a lot more. Uh-huh. Um, a lot more minorities in that area, like a lot of Indians, uh, a lot more Chinese, Latino um, out there. Oh, wow. Um, but when I was a kid, and I used to joke around about, you know, if we ever move to Kent, we're going to need we're gonna need the lumberjack shirts and a baseball cap and a Ford truck and a dog. And <laughs> oh, and you've got to have the gun rack in the Ford truck. And then the gun rack, yeah, exactly, and beer cans in the back of the truck. And it's got a big dog. Yeah, it's got to be a big dog. Yeah. That hunts ducks, that goes and gets ducks. It's got to be a duck dog. And we used to joke about that. And we used to make fun of Kent and Auburn because they were the country bumpkins. And now where am I living? Around Kent and Auburn. <laughs> Did you get the gun rack? Yeah, there you are. I've got the truck. I've got the Dodge truck. <laughs> we just need to get you a dog. Just gotta and get a lumberjack a shirt. Dog and a lumberjack shirt and a well, I've got the baseball cap, but there you go. <laughs> I'll I'll loan you a big dog who will get ducks. I'll loan you one. Oh, hunter's a duck, sucker, ducky. <laughs> what do you call that? Hunter's you a could. duck dog. Could be. All right. Well, usually then. the okay. Labradors, but yes. Yes. You can call me that. So anyway, that particular event, the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, is the last Saturday of October. That's the 27th and the 28th. Um, actually, let me go ahead and do an uh, actual double check here. It is the 27th, 28th, and the 29th. The 27th of October is going to be the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, Seattle meet and greet and karaoke party and uh, Saturday the 28th will be seminars during the day and um, then the banquet the actual award banquet is going to be that that night on the 28th and then on the 29th is the U.S. Martial Arts Hall of Fame uh, tournament that is sanctioned by the Alliance um, under the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame and it's open to all styles and all levels, so you don't have to be an NFT or anything like that. So, uh, Seattle people, if you're listening. It's open to anybody. Open to anybody. Just look up the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame in Fife, Washington, and there's a big flyer right there on Facebook for you to look at. And uh, look that up. And on Sunday, um, Sunday the 29th, it'll list it on there. The 27th, 28th, and 29th. The 29th will be the tournament. And again, open to all styles and all levels. And um, last year it was really great. Last year we had Golden Mac there, and just a whole bunch of people being judged. 
<clears throat> it was great. Come out, folks. It's pretty well attended. All right. <laughs> that was a lot of that. Woo. All right. Let's move on, I guess. Let's move on to, unless, uh, Kat, do you have any, um, do you have any uh, announcements over there on your side? Uh, you know, sadly, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to prepare a little better for the next show. <laughs> no, no that's a, you don't you don't have to. I just like say, hey, what's going on over there? <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, let's move on to this. Talk a little bit about <laughs> is coffee actually good for your health? You know, people like me, you're gonna find all sorts of people to say that coffee is good for you. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, this particular story comes out of uh, CNN Health News. So it says, yes, go ahead and grab that cup of joe or two or more. Doing so may improve your health and help you live longer, suggests a new research. Now, a new observational study involving close to 20,000 individuals, people who consumed at least four cups of coffee daily at a single... Oh, wow. Four, no, four. And isn't that freaky? Four cups of coffee daily had a 64% lower risk of early death compared to those who huh. never rarely consumed coffee. I still can't believe that. No matter how much I love coffee, I, I can't believe that. I don't even drink four cups. <coughs> That's amazing. Bob, yeah, it, it is amazing. I'm sorry, what, Although, what did you just say? Did you I say met, Bob knows? I said Bob knows that I love coffee, but even I don't drink four cups. I know, again. and don't go near I know people who do that first cup. Yeah, stay clear. You might lose your fingers. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. I do know somebody who drinks in excess of four cups of coffee a day. And, and uh, you know, quite obviously, they don't sleep well at night. But, um, <laughs> they, yeah. but they're, they get an awful lot done during the day, that's for sure. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Now, the reduction in risk was more significant, however, once people reached the age of 45, suggesting that it might be even more beneficial to consume coffee as we get older. How's that? Now, these findings echo recent results of another large observational study, which found that coffee drinkers appeared, appear, appear, appear to live longer, regardless of whether or not they consume regular or decaf coffee. Coffee has also been shown to reduce the risk of many diseases, including type 2 diabetes, liver disease, colorectal cancer, Alzheimer's, and skin cancer. What? I need to find Wow. I, need to find I think we should all go have some coffee. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I want to go. Let's go. All right. I want to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's why. Coffee is loaded with antioxidants. Now, some of you guys might have already known that, but now Joe DeRupo, a spokesman for the National Coffee Association, 
Um, he says that many are naturally occurring antioxidants found in the coffee bean, while others are created during the roasting process. It's these compounds that science links with positive effects in reducing the risk of diseases. Some of the compounds commonly found in coffee have been related to better insulin sensitivity, liver function, and reduced chronic inflammation, said D. Wendy Setawayan. Uh, an associate professor of preventive medicine at Tech School of Medicine of USC, and the lead author of one of the recent studies on coffee consumption and longevity. Now, now that we know that it's good for us, is a little bit of caution, a cup of caution, so to speak. While coffee consumption may appear to be helpful for many, one should proceed with caution. Pregnant women, for example, should cautiously limit their intake of caffeinated coffee. Quote, unquote, by uh, Dr. Joseph Wax, who's uh, the chair of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Um, he says, current evidence suggests that consuming moderate amounts of caffeine, and that means up to about 200 milligrams per day, in the amount of twelve cup of coffee uh, per time, is not associated with increased risk for misdemeanor birth. How Data are contradictory. Rusty, there's an awful lot of noise in the background. Um, who's doing just me stuff? hearing that? No, I hear it too, but who's doing that? I don't know. It's not Bob. Who is it? Let's see here. Oh, I think it's Rob's line, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I don't have any noise. We got Pete here. Shout out to my girlfriend. We're having a grand moment in the cabin in Big Bear. Ooh, what? You're in Big Bear? I'm in Big Bear. Oh, oh, nice. Good for you. Yeah, we're in an A-frame cabin with organic food in the jacuzzi, just living the mountain life for a couple of days. Send me the location. Very cool. <laughs> Send me the location. Um, and where did I leave off? Anyway, um... There is insufficient evidence to draw any conclusion regarding the effects of caffeine on fetal growth. So that's from wow. um, Joseph Wax. I know. I mean, I I would imagine that, you know, if you drink like, I don't know, like six cups of coffee a day, you're, it's probably going to, it's going to affect the, the fetus. But also, if you have any heart conditions, you should also limit your coffee intake. Caffeine is an aggravator and accelerator of one's heart rate, and uh, those with uh, atrial fibrillation or hypertension should limit their caffeine intake. One or two cups a day is probably fine, but if you're sensitive, you all caffeine. Now, keep in mind, folks, that even decaffeinated coffee, an eight-ounce cup of brewed coffee can contain anywhere from about 75 to 165 milligrams of caffeine, whereas decaffeinated coffee contains an average of about two to seven milligrams per cup, uh, depending on which study you read. <laughs> decaf is not no calf. So if you're drinking three cups of decaf per day, then I would restrict that, says um, uh, Vince Buffalino, a spokesman for the American Um He also said that um, people with heart conditions 
should also watch um, the type of food that they eat that contain that naturally contain caffeine. As for coffee's effects on bone health, caffeine in coffee can lead to calcium loss, but it's probably not worth worrying about, says these studies. Caffeine does increase urinary calcium loss, but it is balanced by increased calcium absorption, so there seems to be no adverse effects on calcium economy says Connie Weaver, the distinguished professor of nutrition science at Purdue University, who led a review of this research on calcium and bone health. Now, just something to uh, remember, folks. I know everyone out there likes their coffee. Well, most people out there, but uh, some things to uh, watch for, to watch your caffeine intake. You want to add low-fat milk or skip the cream. Cream contributes to about 50 calories, 3 grams of saturated fat, Per tablespoon, uh, tablespoon. low-fat milk has fewer calories and will help offset the calcium loss. Now, number two, avoid the sugar in your coffee. A teaspoon of sugar contains about 16 calories. might not sound much like much, but if you add two teaspoons to your coffee and drink a few cups per day, those calories add up. All right, number three, choose filtered coffee. Or if you have high cholesterol, unfiltered coffee. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me back up. I put the period in the wrong place. Uh, you have high cholesterol. Unfiltered coffee, like I made from a French press, contains compounds known as capistol and kawiol. K-A-H-W-E-O-L. Kawiol, which may contribute to increased cholesterol levels in some people. Number four, if you have trouble falling asleep, it's best to avoid coffee at all of caffeine in the evening or close to bedtime. There you go. There you okay, go. Okay, I got to ask you though, Rossi, what brilliant person put that little bit of information? If you have trouble falling asleep, stay away from coffee. <laughs> well, you know, people, well, you'll be surprised. Like the other day, you know, it was about nine thirty, ten o'clock. I was out. I was out with my friend Cheryl, and we had dessert and we had coffee. Dessert and coffee. Well, it was funny. those are the people saying, "Why can't I sleep? <laughs> Why do I have I, the shakes?" I actually. Yeah, I coffee. Yeah, coffee doesn't affect me that way. It doesn't keep me awake at all. It doesn't. I'm with Kat because it doesn't affect me that way either. But one, you know, one, I, mean, I, I take that back. One, one time it did. I had coffee at like uh, nine o'clock at night. I came home and did like a hundred straight punches. <laughs> I, was, I had this energy. It was really weird. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. If you like coffee, there you go. All right. Let's move on to some weird news. Weird news. Okay, now news? this is actually strange. Uh, mm. Now this happens. All, this happens actually more times than people realize. What? Is it actually weird? <laughs> it, well, yes and no because it does happen. But the weird okay. part was that it backfired. Hmm. Okay. A girl sets up, tries to set up her boyfriend because I guess she had some unconscious feelings and tried to set her boyfriend up to cheat on her with twins. What? Oh, she didn't Wait. just send in one girl. She sent in a pair of girls. 
<laughs> That's like the ultimate, oh, my God. That's like the wow. ultimate. If I wanted a hall pass, that would be my fantasy hall pass right there. I'll bet. <laughs> uh, the backfired, though. What, so, so, and these girls are trying to seduce him, literally. One girl says, what do you think about this lingerie? I'm going to pick out which one do you like. Another girl does something else. And he's, he's faithful. He's turning both of them down. And she's watching this on, what do they call it, the YouTube cheater cam? Oh. Where uh-huh. she's picking all this up on camera, right? And mm-hmm. now here's the kicker. Because he didn't cheat on her. Now she is riddled with guilt because she, what was happening was she was cheating on him and he was, she was looking for a reason to break up with him. So she was looking to, yes, she was looking to catch him because she was a slime ball. How weird is that? How much weirder do you want it to get? (laughs) She had a reason to break up with him. She's cheating. That's her reason. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But she didn't want to look like the bad girl. She wanted to look yeah. like the good girl and break up because she was cheating. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, the, you know, the will, ego does that. Yeah. I yep. will say this. Yes, Mom. it does. I know we complain about stuff that guys do, but I'm going to complain about stuff that, that women do too. Some women are just like so, like, easily. And manipulative, evil. I've got a bunch more adjectives I can throw in there. Like witch? <laughs> witch? Well, bitch? Well, but, but it's not, not quite spelled with the W, though. Yeah, bitch. Right, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> And it's just, it all boils it's just, down to not wanting to look like the bad guy, you know, so they'd rather throw exactly. the blame somewhere else. Exactly. You know, and some women are, some women are like that. And that, that, you know, it's too bad about that guy. And I'm hoping that guy goes out and finds someone that is a real person. <laughs> Absolutely. Not some so fake- that was my weird news. All right. That's cool. That it is weird, but you know. And weird, yes, it's weird. It was weird. It was weird. Well, let's do this, folks. Um, I got entertainment got, news, though. Oh, that's right. That's right. Let's do entertainment news. Here we go. Here's the singer. Would you believe, after so many years in prison, O.J. Simpson got released? You know, out of a Nevada Correctional Institute. You got mixed emotions. Should he been released? Or if he didn't, yeah. he's going to die in jail. I, you know, uh, I, he served his time. He, he, he you know, he, he fit out his punishment. But O.J. Simpson was no more a free man hours after being released from prison than he was in the pen. This got a little strange the way they worded it. According, this is what he said. According to the Jews himself, he said, I was in the pen hours after I was released. Now, Paps, that's paparazzi, caught OJ at a gas station Sunday just five hours after he walked out of Nevada's Lovelock Correctional Center, and the ex-con explained why he still feels trapped. Surprisingly, 
he doesn't seem to be super pissed about the paparazzi hounding him. If anything, he's more irritated by the fact he's been locked in a car for the first moment of his newfound freedom. So I guess when, uh, when he saw the paparazzi, he just locked himself in the car. So now that, that's his, his analogy of not being a free man. Of not, he was released, but yet not really. Then it goes on to say, oh, and in case you're wondering what's the latest with OJ, apparently nada. He says nothing's changed with him after nine years behind bars. We're just not sure if that's a good thing or not. You know, <laughs> our one of our listeners, Jerry, he says nine years for robbery, for robbery and nothing for murder. And Janie, our longtime fan, says zero fucks for OJ. <laughs> she gives, she gives, she doesn't give a crap about OJ. <laughs> doesn't give a a crap at all. Oh my right. God. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure OJ had his. You know, I I'm firmly convinced that he didn't murder her, but and got away with it. But he got what he deserved, and if nothing's changed, then chances are great he'll just do something like that again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But apparently now. Um, and um, one of our listeners, Kay, says, OJ is OJ, which, which he is. <laughs> OJ is OJ. Anyhow, well, let's do this, folks. Let's uh, go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll bring, uh, we'll bring uh, Rob Steffen back on the line with us, and we're going to start talking about uh, teaching kids martial arts and uh, kids' curriculums and stuff like that. And we invite all of you. Um, that teach kids or have uh, your kids in martial arts. Um, And even if um, you have kids in in martial arts, call your friends that want to get their kids in martial arts to listen to all these teachers that have taught martial arts and still teach martial arts to kids to see what it's like, what's to be expected. So our our phone number is 347-677-0699. But uh, we're going to go ahead and take a very short break. And when we come back, we'll have Master Rob Steffen and talking about kids in the martial arts. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. 
Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children. And we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. And we are back. It's just not tuning in. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Peter, Robert, and Pat. Um, our phone number, where did I do with our phone number? Our phone number is 347-677-0699. That's 347-677-0699. Right down there. And on the line with us, that has been on the line with us since uh, the beginning of our show and uh, went through all the audio difficulties with me, is Sensei Rob Stephan, and he's going to join us for our uh, discussion on uh, teaching kids martial arts. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Really good. Thanks for joining us. Now, before we get started with our discussion, uh, we usually like to start off um, all of our uh, discussions with our special guests telling our viewers and listeners a little bit about their martial arts background. So can you give our little uh, our listeners a little bit of a background on your martial arts career? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I started, my very first martial art was Taekwondo when I was maybe um, 10 or 11. And it mm-hmm. was the only karate school in the area. I grew up um, mostly in Orange County. And uh guy's name was John Miley Martial Arts, and he was there for a long, long time. I just remember my very first class. I didn't even know the commands. I didn't even know, like, what a horse stance was or anything. I just watched Kung Fu on TV. And my very first class, he had me spar, um, a kid that I think was a teenager. 
And I remember this kid kept throwing these kicks, and I was successful in blocking him, but I came home and my arm was just purple. And I just thought, this sucks, you know? I'm not going back to that karate guy. So that was my first experience. But um, having had several experiences being bullied when I was younger, um, and a lot of that, also just a, a real fascination with, I think, any kind of exotic culture, but most certainly um, Asian cultures, and the possibility that someone could actually move the way that they did in, in the, sh- the TV shows and the movies and stuff um, oh, right. was of, of very, very keen interest. And I, and I think even more so because my dad would always interrupt the television show and say, you know, that's just movies, that's just movies. And I said, no, Dad, I know some people can do this somewhere, you know? <laughs> nice. So... You know, flash forward a little bit later to around 16, um, a friend of my brother's was involved in Shaolin Kempo, and he had all these really exotic names, like a like a tiger's claw or a chicken wrist or a or a leg reap or a leg hawk or all these things. I thought, wow, this is like a new language, and and how do you do these things? And so he turned me on to the studio he was at, um, and then. You know, I just went through a handful of instructors and got to Black Belt in 1996 and then um, went to school. And, and I studied some Chinese styles in New York City and um, didn't really promote, but just studied them. And and then came back to Shaolin Kempo in around 2007 and then ran a school for a year and then um, continued doing that. But I'm very open and very curious to to any any art because we all have the same appendages, right? You know, we all have the same tools, the same weapons. So if it's still around, there's probably something to it. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? I definitely hear yeah, you. I, I hear I can. you. I, I, yeah, I don't know where Rosie went, though. I don't know. Uh-oh. I guess. I'm going to bro- so- so what was what was your biggest influence, Rob? Well, well, when you went to, to you said several different schools to find your home. What was your biggest influence to where you're at today? Well, you know, my first influence, of course, was was self defense and trying to learn how to really protect myself. Um, and then, of course, it was watching practitioners that. Pound for pound, let's say the guy was 110 pounds or something, but he really was very efficient with his hands or his feet or his locks or his throws or whatever. And then after that, it became more about people. It became more about the instructor or the the path of challenging my comfort zone or challenging what I was afraid of or challenging, um, you know, my endurance or, or limitations, perceived limitations. That became more important than the punching and kicking. Mm. Well, and I I feel a lot of a lot of martial artists feel the same way. They feel there's only you you can only move your body in so many ways. Now it's time to give back. It's it's about the people, and you're absolutely yeah. right. And I can appreciate that. So, how long in year wise have you been have you been a an instructor or at sensei level, and how long have you been teaching kids? Well, um, I started teaching, I started assisting teaching around, like, Blue Belt or so, and I think that that must have been around 1990, maybe, maybe, maybe 90, yeah, 1990, 89 or 90, 
and I would help out, and it was kind of my way of of giving back and making sure I understood what I what I learned, you know. Um, and as you know, I think both of you guys being instructors, it's it's a good mental exercise to be looking at someone across from you, and either teach it, you know, left-handed or to mirror them through something um, or to change the angles of what's their form or a technique, um, that's really when you really know it, you know, when you can teach it from another perspective or another angle or a different kind of learning style. Um, you know, and, and, and in my experience, there's there's three different types of learning. There's kinesthetic, there's audit, auditory and visual, and, and some people don't know how they learn and you have to kind of tune into what they respond to. But to answer your mm-hmm. question, um, in 2007, I taught full-time for a year, and then in 2009, I taught full-time for a year and a half, and then um, went into other industries, and then came back last November to mostly, well, it's about four days a week right now, but it's it's full days. It's like 12 to 9, sometimes later. So <laughs> it feels like full time. <laughs> wow. So how overall, Rob, how long have you been studying martial arts? Um, well, I guess probably 12 years maybe. Maybe, maybe 11 or 12 because it was broken up. You know, the first school was a, a limited time and then um, and then I, I studied for six years to get to black belt and then uh, taught for a year at another a derivative style so yeah it's probably 11 years maybe 12 now do you have your own school or do you do you teach under under somebody at the present time at the present time, I teach under Hanshi Jack Turner. Um, he has his own school, and I teach most of the classes when I'm there. Um, and then also we just started an auxiliary program for um, a large health corporation that manufactures heart valves, and they have um, on-site training and one of the courses they offer is self-defense. So I had a group of 23 people in a yoga room uh, last Thursday, and we did that, and it was a blast. Wow, very cool. Nice. So you guys do, do corporate. Oh, there nice. you are. What happened? Hi. I don't know. Hey. I lost audio. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Can I can. Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. So Talk. What it happened? What had happened was I lost audio on my, my big headset. I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, you guys just dropped out. My desktop audio just fell out. But, no, um, no, wait, wait a minute. Let, let, let's correct that. We were still here. You dropped out. Well, no, I, I said we dropped out because, <laughs> because if, it, if, it drops out, if it drops out on, on, on this, then it drops uh-huh. out on the Facebook feed oh, too no, no, no. because it's not it's not oh, bringing over any sound. So, but anyway, I think we I think we're okay. Let me I'll just go I think ahead. We're and back now. Good. End. Yeah, I think so. But I'm gonna need you to take the uh, take the next few minutes uh, because I need to check with the feed people to make sure that we're still on. Oh, very cool. Okay. Uh, okay. So 
Rob, we know who you're under. What, you know, you started teaching kids. What, what do you like about teaching kids? Are there any challenges that you've run into uh, because of attention spans and, and uh, learn, not learning abilities. I don't like to use that word, but, uh, you know, like ADHD and hyperactivity. Oh, yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Well, it, they're all very, very interesting topics. It is very, very rewarding. It is very, very draining. And what I mean by that is, um, I'm going to try to turn off this fan just a second. Um, what I mean by that is that it's 100% to do with the exchange of, I think, interest, enthusiasm, energy, uh, and information, and willingness to learn. You know, some of these kids, um, they're there because their parents want them there. Some of these kids are there because they don't do other things. Some of them have pretty extreme behavioral conditions. And then some of them are really exceptional and absolutely don't want to go home. You know what I mean? And so it's really a kind of a, a wide spectrum of, of, of people. So to answer your well, question Okay, well, let's, let's – oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say to answer your question as far as challenges, um, I mean, I, I, had, I had a challenge with a student who had a, a bowel issue last week, and, you know, uh, something ended up on the carpet, and, you know, and this is in the middle of a group class. So sometimes it's very comical, and then, you know, you have challenges, various levels of, of learning comprehension and various levels of coordination. But I think the things that are most important for teaching kids is do they know their left from their right? Can they stand still for even a short period of time? And can they – are they willing to repeat something? You know, are they willing to okay, – Okay, re- now, I want to go in a little different direction because you had a kid that had a very unfortunate accident. They shit themselves in the middle of class. Things happen like this. They How do. do you, as an instructor, deal with that? And then you've got to feel sorry for this kid. It's an accident. I, yeah. I feel bad for myself, right? How do you deal with the ridicule that that person is going to go through – from his own or her own classmates now. I'm curious yeah. about that because now there's going to be some bullying, possibly uh, some ridicule yeah. going on. Uh, was there any, and how? Did, and if there were, how did you deal with that? Um, it's a very good question, and, and I've had it happen twice. One time happened in 2008. Both, well, the first time with a child who was relatively uh, extremely autistic, Relatively extremely, that's not okay. quite right, but, but fairly autistic. Um, and this time most recently was a child who I don't believe was autistic. I think it was just a, 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 an accident. But in both cases, um, there's a quote that comes to my mind that I really like, and it's something to the effect of people may forget um, what you said. They may forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And so mm-hmm. what I did in this situation was um, I kind of kept it under wraps. I had an assistant and the other students weren't really, they didn't really visually see it. They smelled it. And I said, guys, you know, I'm going to have us move to this side of the room right now. We're going to keep, we were doing forward rolls. And um, I kind of kept that going. The assistant sort of went and got paper towels and dealt with the actual kid. 
And then we just kind of redirected everyone's focus. That's what happened recently. And then, of course, talked to the parents later. And, and it, it's really not a big deal. Um, it wasn't showcased. It wasn't highlighted. The, 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 the kid wasn't on the spot. And then the first time it happened, um, there was some ridicule, but I just kind of redirected the focus and said, I, it happened to everybody. It was an accident, and we're going to keep, keep training, you know. And the good news of the first event was that the father – was mortified when he came. You know, he's like, I can't believe it. And I said, we work it out. You know, we clean the carpet, whatever. He said, tomorrow morning I'm going to have a professional carpet cleaner here. We're cleaning the entire dojo. And from that point on, the boy wore compression shorts to the dojo. So if anything happened, he was, he was covered. Oh, very cool. So, so you, that's a, you, sounds you, like you a great way to deal yeah. with that. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great idea, compression shorts. Ab- absolutely. I totally agree with that. And he dealt with it in both cases. He dealt with it where it was seen by the children and where it was more of a sensory thing by smelling it instead of a visual. No, great right. job. No, I, I, I totally agree with what, what you did and how you handled it, especially the ridicule. And as a parent, now, sometimes, Robin, I've seen this where the kid, the child is having so much fun. I've seen children regurgitate on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. They knew it was going to happen, but they were having fun. They didn't want to leave the floor. Recursitate. <laughs> that's one way to put it. I know with adults, I've certainly had people toss their cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Kat, how many times have you on a test had somebody puke right in front of you because their yeah. bodies started to shut down? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, many times, you know, many over times, the years, right. many times. It brings me back to a, a consideration I have in terms of the value of martial arts is ultimately, like any transformative kind of experience, it's a, it's, um, it's a neutral, it's a great neutralizer. You know, we, we're meant to come into a room with strangers to kind of wear a, a strip our identity to a degree in terms of wearing matching white uniforms or black uniforms or whatever. And the process is a process of being uncomfortable. You know, as Master Bob White says, we're in the pain business. But it's a process of being outside of your comfort zone. So if somebody poops on the floor or someone throws up or somebody pees their pants or someone starts bleeding or crying or having some kind of an emotional breakthrough, I think that's the best place for it. Because if, you're, if, you, if people can kind of work through the embarrassment or whatever, then how much more, um, number one, supported are they? But number two how much more empowered are they to go out and face more uncertainty in the world? Yes, you're right. And it's all about how they're treated at that moment. I know for me, it happened in class. I I had a child in the middle of class. And it's like, well, it happens. You know, I mean, everybody saw it. Unfortunately, it wasn't just smell it. Um, Right. But, you know, I, I didn't make a big deal of it. So I just moved them over to a different part of the room and yeah. just continued on with everyone while someone else helped and cleaned it up and, and uh, cleaned the child up. But yeah. in a few, it all depends on how the instructor handles it. And I, yeah. you know, it sounds like you're spot on and you're right on it, making sure that they don't feel uncomfortable or embarrassed or ridiculed yeah. or looked down on and embarrassed. Um, so it's a good well, thing. Yeah, and you never really know for anyone, anywhere, what they're really dealing with, you know, um, on any level. Right. But especially with kids, you don't know if they're getting support 
from their parents or from school or from their siblings and, you know, if they're being bullied, you don't know what they're going through. So my, my goal is to create um, a coaching environment that is empowering to whatever degree they're willing to take it and try to keep it always that way. Um, I, I know, you know, one thing that's really nice about where I work is that we have – Master Turner has a great sense of humor, and so we're always making jokes, and, and usually at our own expense. Um, but we'll, we'll say, like, oh, you know, like one kid, one kid has a lot of gas, and, and I have gas, you know, and, and we'll say, oh, it's King Toot, you know, King Toot's here. And so we laugh at that, or we say, oh, you key, you key, eyed, you key eyed out the wrong end, right? Stuff like that. So, I love it. I love it. <laughs> we make fun of ourselves. We make fun of ourselves a lot. Well, that's awesome. Well, I just want to I just want to say something real quick. Um apparently the Facebook people are are saying that the audio on their end is gone. Um huh. yeah. So, um you can hear you guys. Um and uh so we're just going to keep it going for the uh, blog talk radio recording um, while I try to figure out what's going on <laughs> here. So Bob and Kat, if you guys can do me a favor and keep it going for just another few minutes, uh, let's, let's keep talking about this because uh, this particular thing, because the, I teach kids also, and, you know, there are many times where kids in, in my class don't want to go to the bathroom because they think they think it's wrong. You don't interrupt the teacher, right? So they'll pee on themselves. Oh wow. To prevent asking, right? Yeah. Um and like you, I don't make it a big thing. I just go, "Oh, hey, you know, Haley, do you, you know, uh let's come over here or 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 one of my other assistants will assistants will see it and say, "Okay, let's come over here on this side, you guys." And you know, nobody makes a big deal out of anything mm-hmm. and we clean it up and take them to the restroom or have the mom come by and change out of their gi or whatever. And then they come back out and have a great time. Um, well, now, but, yeah. I want to ask this of you and, and Rob. Isn't there fear? I know you guys handle it great within class, but you can only do so much. Isn't there fear of it leaking to the school? You know what I mean? To their Are you speaking right. literally or metaphorically? <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously. Like, I mean, is it leaking? Is this everyone's talking about it, or is yeah, it physically yeah, happening? Yeah, exactly. Is it is it everybody talking about it? Does it go to the school and does, does their friends always? Oh, no. He pissed himself in the middle no. of karate class, and it goes a little bit further than you intended on. No, it, it never has for no. me because I think, like uh, Rosita said. I don't. I don't put focus on it. I really keep the focus on the group, and and what we're what we're working on. And if it's an isolated incident, I mean, I treat it like someone who got a, a you know a bloody nose, or someone who stubbed exactly. their toe, or someone who, you know, whatever. It's like it happened. Here's a right. Kleenex. Let's, let's move on and take a break. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought you meant like you know. Just and not only that, but well, yeah. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Kat. <laughs> right. No, go ahead. It's okay. No, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you know, especially when it comes to urine, we have to, you know, after, after we clean up the top and keep, keep, you know, kids away, we have to pull out all the mats that, you yeah. know, well, the mat that they had um, leaked on and the mats yeah. around it 
and then we have to like disinfect that part of the floor. Um, but you know, I've seen everything. I've seen poop come out of gee pants, you know, out of the bottom of gee pants, and I've seen you know pee in the bathroom on the floor, and it makes me wonder who the heck pees on the floor. Is it just the boys? Yeah. Or is it the girls, too? And, you know, it doesn't matter. And as long as you don't embarrass them, they'll keep coming back. Because right. the, the thing that really sucks is that they're afraid that the other kids are, gonna, uh, are going to laugh at them or if the teacher's yeah. going to be mad at them for peeing on themselves. And, no, you know, I've never had the problem either. Well, we have, we have principals at our school that are on the T-shirts and everything like that. You know, etiquette, effort, self-control, sincerity, and character. And I always take an opportunity like that to try to, to try to go back to those those principles and to see if any kids can draw the correlation. Um, we have a, a special needs child, actually several, but one in particular who really is very enthusiastic, but he's very, very loud, and he tends to have a very delayed response. And we have another child who's very much in the autistic spectrum who's, who's very amused by it and tends to have a lot of, a lot to say about it. And I try my best to try to play mediator in a way that is don't don't give it too much attention, but just say you know, remember what are our what are our um, our principles? You know, what is it that we're practicing here? In addition to to the kicking, the punching, and the forms and the techniques and that, we're talking about things like sex and things like uh, character and and that kind of thing. And how are we treating our classmates? And um, I think it's a good way to kind of keep that as a focus rather than people's behavior. Mm-hmm. So. Agreed, agreed. Now, Rob, how do you keep it? Because, you, you know, the children have short attention spans. How yeah. do you go about keeping it, keeping it fresh without doing the same repetitive to, to keep ah. them really interested in the classes? Well, we can well, go on about this for days. Say, yeah, I know, right? I was told years ago <laughs> is, is the key is to hide repetition. And so one thing I'll do, first of all, I try to make it, I try to make it interesting for me because if it's interesting right. for me, then, then I'm going to be interested in the students understanding it. And if I'm interested in them, they're interested in me being interested in them. So one thing I'll do is um, we have a lot of humor, like I said, so we'll take a few minutes to stretch and kind of talk about, you know, how was your day and do you like your teacher and whatever it is. And then um, I'll, I'll put on different kind of, for lack of a better word, characters, and I'll, I'll do kind of like my bad cop voice and I'll say, everybody line up, you know, and, and they love that, you know, and then, I'll, and then I'll make some kind of joke and then I'll do things where we'll do our warm-ups We'll do countdowns or we'll do, you know, whatever. But I'll have them face a different wall for different exercise. I'll have them pair off with different people. Um, I'll have them do things left-handed or wall stretches or whatever. And keep it, I try to just keep it fresh, you know, and that's just a matter of kind of really tuning into what people are responding to mm-hmm. while having a plan. Yep, exactly. One of the things that I like to do to hide repetition is, um, like, for example, like, for a lot of my kids, especially the smaller ones, the roundhouse kick is the hardest thing to teach because they can yeah. get their foot around, uh, they can get their foot around, but they won't pivot on that back leg. Or mm-hmm. they'll pivot on the back leg, but they'll end up hitting with, like, the inside or even the bottom of their foot instead of the top mm-hmm. of their shin or something like that, right? So, right. Um, so what I'll do is I'll do games where they have to work on one 
aspects, such as the pivot on the rear foot. So we might mm-hmm. say uh, something like Tiger, Tiger. That's one of the, the biggest games that the little kids like is something called Tiger, Tiger. Now, I'm going to share this with all the listeners out there so that way you can um, play with it. It's kind of like red light, green light. But what the kids have to do is they line up on one side of the room, and the kids, led by an assistant coach or something, they all have to say to the tiger, which is me or some other coach, which is, uh, which is standing on the other side of the room with their back facing the kids, they'll say, tiger, tiger, what time is it? And we have to turn around and we say, it's 3 o'clock. So the kids have to do three of whatever that they have to do. So in this case, it would be, okay, pivot all the way around once and then take a jump forward, pivot all the way around twice, take a jump forward, pivot all the way around three times, or pivot pivot all the way around one more time to make a total of three repetitions, right? So then they have to stop. And then I turn around and they do it again. Tiger, tiger, what time is it? Uh, it's five o'clock. So pivot, jump, pivot, jump, pivot, jump, like five times. Their goal is to try to tag you without, you know, cheating, without running. They have to get close enough to tag you without, without changing their stance or whatever. And if they tag you, then, then, they're, then you're out, right? And then they get to be it. But if the tiger turns around and says, it's dinner time, we, the tiger, have to try to tag somebody. And then they have mm-hmm. to run. And they're always squealing and yelling and running back to the other side and it's fun, but, you know, so we do that as a game, and then we might do another completely different game, just working on kicking with the shin. Yeah. And then we'll do a game where we do the whole kick. And yeah. uh, then we can do that all day, and they don't, they don't see the repetition. They don't see 100 roundhouse kicks. They see, yeah. you know, 45 minutes of game. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, you know, children really learn through play. And so my, my goal is to blend what looks like play with something the parents recognize as skill building and yes, something related exactly. to the material they need for their rank. Because there's some parents that are very, very critical of games. They don't want their kids to play games. They want their kids to learn martial arts. Well, the best way yeah. to learn is through play. So if you can hide play and then all of a sudden they just learn part of a form or they learned a technique or something, they didn't even right. know that's what they were learning and then they understand the application, that's a good class. So I always yeah. have everybody sweating and smiling at the end. That's now, awesome. Rob, with you saying that, and that's, that's great, I totally agree with that, do you have to sit the parents down and say, it will look like games, but here's why, and do you have to go into an explanation of what you're doing with their, with their child? to make them understand it better? Well, I, I try to have a CYA mentality. You know, I try to be aware of how it may appear to the parents, and then I'll make a point. For some of the kids, you know, we call them spinners, that literally are looking at the ceiling, spinning around in circles. We'll make a point yeah. to really <laughs> everyone, you know what I mean? We'll have a point right. that, everybody sit down. We're going to, let's talk about this in a minute. Here's mm-hmm. what, you're, what you're learning, you know, and here's how this is being used, and this is what how you apply it. Now we're going to go back mm-hmm. to building the drill. And so the parents that are paying attention understand what's happening too. I mean, I teach right. the parents while I teach the kids because I want everyone to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm curious from both of you, how did you, because it's a, 
you you spend years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years learning and training martial arts, but teaching kids is so different than teaching adults. How did you come up with the skill levels to be able to do that to teach the kids and do it in an effective manner? Good question. Me, I think you have to enjoy it. Yes. Thank you. I think you have to enjoy the process, and it's a struggle, you know, and the process is can I, can I interpret my understanding of something in a way that they would, that they would want to experience it? And if they could experience, mm-hmm. you know, a roundhouse ball kick and then maybe a spinning back kick in a way that is fun, um, then all of a sudden they have this technique that might even be intermediate level, but they're having fun. They're having a blast. Okay, my next question is, and this is funny because I've had this. Have you ever run into adults that you have to not dumb down, but maybe they're not as coordinated. Maybe they're not getting a technique. Do you take your your teaching ability with children, transfer it to your teaching with the adults so that they'll understand it better and you're almost like you're teaching the kids? Absolutely. I mean, there, there are a lot of people that are very, very um, – analytical and very cerebral and they they're out of touch with their body and what that means is is, is maybe they have a traveling jobs or a desk job or corporate jobs uh, even medical jobs I've, I've taught a um, anesthesiologist for a while and these people are very very brilliant but some of them aren't in a right and left brain marriage in terms of um, learning a form or learning a technique it, it's really foreign mm-hmm. to them and in that instance um, I really focus on enjoying them as a person and enjoying sharing what I perceive to be their understanding of what's happening. That keeps me out of my own biases and really it's mm-hmm. about the relationship. And then it's really an enjoyable thing and it doesn't have to be frustrating or anything like that. It's more about, okay, this movement goes from the, the center line of the body outward. So for the kids, maybe it looks like an ice cream scoop or maybe it looks like a, a windshield wiper, right? And then for you, it may just be like you're waving the two people at the same time or whatever it is. Right. And I just have fun. You know, I make it a creative process. Oh, very cool. Now, as, a, as an instructor, the most fun I've ha- I have is my face lights up when somebody has struggled for, for something for maybe not even that long all of a sudden gets it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Whether that's, it's a child that's always a wonderful or an thing. adult. Isn't yeah. that a great feeling, Kat, when, when somebody just, just all of a sudden it sinks in? It's an amazing feeling, knowing that I was able to help them reach that point. They have an aha moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's yeah. one of the greatest feelings I've ever felt. Yeah, uh, definitely. I Oh, go ahead, Bob. No, go ahead, please. I was just going to say if I could add something to that. Um, getting back to, you know, how do you find the skill set for teaching kids? And Rob said you have to love what you do. Definitely you have to love what you do. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of a believer in that it takes a certain personality uh, to teach kids. Because you can't teach kids like little adults. You, you can't. No. You can't treat them like no. adults. You can't use the same jargon. As adults, you can't use the same, you know, logic with kids. 
So you can't say, well, you can't do that kick because that wouldn't make sense because they can do this and the better, da 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 da. Yeah. yeah. They they don't follow that kind of logic and um, you know, and and that's where a lot of people have asked me, well, how do you teach your when I was teaching karate instead of what I do now, they go, well, how do you teach your kids strategy for like you know kumite point fighting and stuff like that, and through games. You know, it's it's really just a game of tag, so let them play tag. Right. You know, they, they know how to do that. They don't make it hard and make it into like, right. oh, it's got to be like this chess, you know, this big chess game. And, you know, and they'll work at that. As, but if you just keep talking at them, they're going to shut you And that's unfortunately what a lot of instructors do. Yeah. My experience is that children and animals are very, very similar. Um, I had a rescue yes. pit bull for about a year and a half, and I I was very sensitive to him because I loved him and I wanted him to be safe and all these things. And it, it didn't click until I decided to be alpha-minded with him. And then the relationship changed and he started to behave. And it just kind of happened one day. I had enough. And I realized animals especially domestic animals, and children crave stability. And they crave crave leadership. They want somebody to to be in charge, even if they don't act like it. And a lot of kids Uh will fight you on it, and they'll say, you know, they want to side talk or they want to carry on. But deep down inside, they really want firmness because most kids want to be older. They want to act bigger. And so somebody's up the black belt and, you know, they're in good shape, and they know their stuff, and they have authority, it's really attractive to kids. And then you just mm-hmm. hide that a little bit in terms of giving them, let's say, two choices instead of a big conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, why don't we do this? I think we have some people calling, and thank you, callers, for, for being so patient. Let's go ahead and take... Um, Area code two seven zero two seven zero. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who's this? It's Jane. Hey, Jane, how's it going? It's going, girl. How are you guys? Oh, pretty good. It'd We're be good. better if I could fix the audio for the Facebook feed. <laughs> it's crazy tonight. It's just, it's just, it just all of a sudden just dropped off. Just dropped out of my headset, and I had to call in on my phone to hear everybody. And I'm just like, you know, this is. This is stupid. But anyway. Well, that, that's what I had to do with the... Well, I was going to ask him, um, okay, here's an issue that I have, and maybe he can help me out. Okay. I have a young lady who's a white belt. She's been a white belt for a little while. She sits there, and when you give her instructions, she just stares at you. And I thought, well, maybe she was just having trouble understanding she doesn't have any problem understanding. Come to find out, she doesn't want to be there. Because I asked yeah. her, I said, do you, do you not understand mm. my instruction? I mean, mm-hmm. what is it that I can do to word it better to make you understand what it is I want you to do? And it finally just came down to the fact that I asked her, do you not want to be here? Is this not what you want to do? She <coughs> said, no, I have to be here. So I'm like, okay, fine. But we need to figure out a way to to get you to do the instruction, I says, because you can't slow up the other kids. You right. know, the other kids want to be here. They're progressing very she? well. Uh, she's sixth grade, so 12. Oh, she's, yeah. 
Well, that's old enough. So that's to... a that's a really um, it's a really I think unstable age. I think you know she's going into being a teenager. She probably mm-hmm. has like sixth grade. Remember, you change classrooms, and there's so many things, move, so many moving parts that she needs right. to feel good about something. So I think if she can feel good about her experience there, that's going to change mm-hmm. um, some of that dynamic. That's what comes to my mind right away. You know, right. you never know where people are coming I... from. Right. Well, I, I know her mom is is, uh, is special needs. Her mom has cerebral palsy, so she deals with that. Um, and uh, she has a brother that does the classes as well. But he does our kit, our, our pre-skill program, which is from ages four to seven years old. Um, so she's. I think she's there because mom needs to give her some kind of structure and some kind of exercise. Because um, mm-hmm. I think she's one of those kids that are just as happy sitting behind the uh, computer uh, than to work out. But um, I'm probably one of the most uh, animated persons there. Uh, I try to do anything I can to get the kids to do uh, what I ask them to. Uh, rather, I do it with them or I get some kind of yeah. crazy game going. Uh, I try to make it exciting. I dote on these kids all the time. Um, right. When they do something right, I'm like, hey, guys, i got to interrupt class just for a second. Hey, look at this. Look what this person can do. This is totally awesome. You know, just trying to build them up as best I can. And she's not having it. So I don't know. Oh. Maybe having something else. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of at my wit's end right now. <laughs> well, can you can – you, here's something that I see a lot, and I've learned so much from Master Turner – Number one, he's so unassuming, and if you were to meet him without a gi on, you would never, ever, ever expect that he's as proficient or, or dangerous or talented as he is. But mm-hmm. he never shows that unless you're, you know, training um, black belt stuff. Um, uh-huh. right. But what I'm getting at is that he makes a point to really make every single person to come in that door feel as though they're the most important person. And I'm just wondering, I don't know the girl, and we haven't met, but if there's a way to have a conversation not related to martial arts, to try to get in mm-hmm. her head and, and ask her what is she what is she like aside from, you know, school or whatever, and let's say it's horses. If you can get right. her to talk about horses and open up about horses and somehow correlate that, the ability to ride a horse and to be in control or the sense of control, whatever it is, whatever color you want, Right. If you can get her to open up, um, she may change her feeling about the dynamic there because it has to well, be, we're in a service business. We have to be about the students. It has to be. Right. Well, here's here's the thing. Um, along with my, my, well, I have three jobs. I'm a martial arts instructor and self-defense teacher. Um, I drive a school bus and I'm a security officer. Um this girl happens to go to the school that I I pick up for middle school, that I drive for middle school. Um, so I see her coming out of school. She has the same face, the same attitude that she does in the dojang. And so when I I try to talk to everybody, and so when I have asked her, hey, how you doing, how was school, you know, what's going on, I met with the same uh, straight-faced attitude. So, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things. She, she's going to be one of those people that's hard to tap into. And, right. and I've I've never ran into anybody like her before. I mean, I've had students like that before, but I've always been able to break through. 
this time I'm just having a heck of a time and and so I'm I'm looking for any instruction that I can get, you know. But think, that's one think, of the things that I have done. Yeah, think think about um valuing her. Think about how can you express her value in every aspect of her experience the minute she walks in that door? Because if you're if you're thinking of how to change her or how she's obstructing the class or whatever, um, mm-hmm. that's one way. But another way mm-hmm. is to really take just even a minute or two minutes before or after class just to ask her how she's doing and invest okay. in her as a person and see if she yes, doesn't sir. come around a little bit. And she might need extra time. She might need five minutes before or after class or a personal lesson to really get it. Some people don't learn quickly. Yes, sir. You know? Right. Yeah, I I understand that and uh I think she I think she's smart. I think she's probably too smart. Uh I think mm-hmm. she just has it might be just one of those things where she has so much going on at home that you know maybe she's because her mom is uh disabled that and I don't see a dad. So I mean that might be one of those things because mom's disabled, she's doing more at home and she's having to grow up faster. And maybe she's yeah. just tired, um, you know. But you can't get her to open up because when she, when you talk to her, she just looks at you like she's lost in left field and she's not interested in anything that you have to say, and she doesn't respond. So it's just it's it's a little yeah. difficult and disheartening for me because I love all these kids. Um, yeah. You know, because I I I deal with a lot of kids with uh, ADHD and I got a yep. couple of kids with autism, um, yep. and uh, when. I have to have her work with some of the kids that are autistic because I don't have anybody else to pair her up with. She slows them down, and they're they're on a, a different level than she is. So mm-hmm. I have to drag her and put her somewhere else, and, it, and it's hard because our we're kind of limited as what we do in our dojing because it's a smaller school. So um, it, it's 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 kind of disheartening for me. It's one of those situations I've never dealt with it before. And no matter how hard I try, it just seems like I'm not getting anywhere, and it's and it's eating me up because I want to see her happy, I want to see her thrive, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but have you have you thought about telling her just that? All of everything you just said, have you thought about telling her that? Oh yes, ma'am. I I I tell these kids everything I'm thinking, you know, except, you know, except for personal things. But uh, when uh, when I'm working with them, but you set her you, know, you set her aside. You've taken her yes, aside and, and explained all of that. Yes, ma'am. Huh. Yep. I've I've, now, I've done everything I can. It? It's just why was it again that she has to be there? She's there because her brother's there, and her because her mom is disabled. She's trying to give her kids something to be involved in. Yeah. Um, okay, got when it. When okay. Yeah, when she's home, she's just behind the computer, and I, it, it might be one of those things where either she's tired, she's tired of taking with mom, or she just preferred to sit behind the desk and not, you know, behind the computer and not do anything. Yeah, right. that's you know, that's you know, probably it. And, oh, go ahead. Sometimes go ahead. you, it, it, you're literally acting. Sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Sometimes someone's not responsive. Yeah. Sometimes they don't want to be there. Sometimes they want to make sure you know that. And then you right. just say, you know what, I do it because I love it. I'm a professional on whatever level. Mm-hmm. 
and you just do your best to make that person feel as welcome and confident and valued as possible. And what I do, sometimes against my own my own thinking, is I'll literally compliment someone on yes, something sir. that, yeah. you, you know, I'll, I'll just pick something to compliment them on. And then just to kind of keep that all moving forward, because <laughs> at the end of the day, what you know, they're paying you to wear their pajamas and come in and, and sweat and and you know if you want a transformative kind of process, um, right. maybe it starts with that. You never know. All right. Well, I uh, our white belts earn tips. They get uh, tips for uh, knowing their knowledge, their their Korean knowledge. They get tips for learning their five basic one steps that they need their self defense. Um, then they get a um, they get a tip for their uh, form, their Hyung. So. Um, she hadn't tested for her for her any of her tips. It doesn't matter which one; it's just whichever one they come to us about and want to learn. Well, when I don't see anybody with any tips, and I've seen them for a while, well, then I'm like, okay, well, we need to figure something out here. Um, so I brought her up and had her do her form and basic white belt uh, form. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't too concerned about technique. Okay, it's white belt. All I was really concerned with is that she knew somebody's wow. on fire. Who's <laughs> on fire over there? What's going on? Who is that? <laughs> Woo, it wow. wasn't me. <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought I was muted. And, oh. <laughs> funny. and now there's a dog oh, barking. <laughs> He's chasing the fire. Heard the fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I had a something kept nagging at me while during this whole conversation. And have you ever had a chance to ask her what what it is that she would like to do? Because I know that she obviously doesn't want to be there. Uh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. I I have talked to that girl inside and out. Like I said, I'm I'm. I'm really persistent with these kids because I want them to be happy. I want to find out what makes them tick. Um, so what does she want she to do? Does, she doesn't want to do anything. And I think right now it might be one of those things she's just being obstinate because something is bothering her and she just doesn't want to say. And maybe I'm not the person she wants to talk to. You know, it, it might be one of those things. You know, because you don't always want to particularly talk to a family member or your martial arts instructor. Uh, but I tried to with her form. I tried. Yes, I you couldn't get me to twelve again for a million bucks. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I I I I tipped her on her form to try and build her up, and she didn't have perfect technique, and, and I didn't really care about perfect technique. All I wanted to know is that she knew the pattern. And that mm-hmm. she knew it was a down block punch and a side block punch. That's all I cared about. And it was in the right sequence. Um, mm-hmm. And when, uh, when uh, at the end of the day, when you've earned it, you know, we, we, everybody lines up like they're supposed to. I'll stand up there and say, uh, you know, whether it be my daughter or whoever, I'll ask them to go get me the, the duct tape that we use for tips. And I called mm-hmm. her up. And, you know, she'll go through the motions of, you know, stand up, bow, yes, ma'am, and then coming up. But uh, when I'm when I'm presenting her her tip, I make it as, as like, such a big deal, you know. Right. It, 
everything that I could possibly do. And then when I put it on there, I let her know I'm very proud of you. You did a great job. You know, everybody has to do work. I mean, there's black belts who even needs work on the very, you know, on their white belt form. But you did a good right. job, and I'd like to continue to see you move forward. And she just shrugged her shoulders. That means, okay, whatever. Wow. And that was the response I got. So I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take all your uh, all your recommendations, and then I'll, I'll keep moving forward with with it. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully, I can get her to to uh, to come out of it eventually. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let me ask you this: um, how how soon would she be eligible to test? Um, we we test every three months, and she has to have at least twenty six classes before she tests. If she does not, if she's had any break in between that, we do not recommend it. So, and mm-hmm. but you don't have to test right away. You know, it's usually at your leisure, or um, if a black belt says you're ready to test, or they would like for you to wait. Um, do you have a, and a curriculum that you could kind of like a checklist that you need to know these things proficiently for that for yes, yellow sir. belt? Yes, sir. Because I would have that conversation. Say, how are you doing on this and how are you doing on that? I've really been watching you, and I'd like to, you to think in terms of, um, you know, preparing yourself. And you don't have to give a test date. You don't have to talk about her testing. You can say, this is what's required for your first rank, and I'd love to see you earn it. Mm-hmm. Because maybe she feels frustrated, you know, maybe she's not making progress the way she wants to, especially if she's smart. You know, people that are really smart are are used to instant gratification, but the art art works for you after you work for it, not the other way around, you know? Absolutely. And then I haven't done that because I haven't personally talked to her about that. When we're talking about testing and, and, and what we're expecting of them or what they need to do, um, we do that at the end of the class, and we and we make that a big general thing for everybody. You know, everybody knows what's expected. We have paperwork um, in at the in, uh, in the back of class there where they can pick up a sheet, and it has all the the requirements for them to move on to their yellow belt. Uh, mm-hmm. And and <laughs> the white belt's probably one of the hardest ones because <laughs> there's just oh, yeah. a lot of information. Yeah, there's a lot of information they have to uh, put out there, but um, yeah, maybe maybe that's that might be what I need to do is talk to her about her uh, testing requirements and see what 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 she likes to do and what we can focus on. She sounds you know, really because, she sounds really shut down to me. Like I don't know if it's from yes, the yeah. with her mom or whatever's going on in her life, but I would really make time to listen to her and ask her to tell you about what's important to her and ask her to tell you what her understanding of the requirements are or if she's in, if she's motivated by yellow belt, would she want to be a black belt one day, you know, get, pick her brain and, and let her open up because if she has an incentive of any kind or a value of any kind and, and you can, you can identify that and work with her towards that, then you're going to get that kind of experience that, I think we all have had in order to want to stick with it, you know? Yes, sir. I'll I'll see what I can do. Sometimes it's hard to catch her because they're right out the door as soon as, I mean, the minute I, uh, we in class with our ceremony and at the end of Taekwon, she's gone. So, (laughs) yeah. 
you know, and of course the kids are supposed to come up and, you know, uh, shake the instructor's hand and, you know, tell them thank you and stuff like that. But I don't even get that. She's off the floor and gone. So, right. um, well, you could, you could more... always mention to her maybe 10 minutes before class is over. Hey, I need to speak with you after class. If you just take yeah. a minute when class is over, yeah. I'd like to talk to you. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have, I have a quick that... question though, Janie, real quick. Yes. So you say that she's in there with her brother? No, well, they're in, they're in our our school together, but they're in separate classes. She has a younger brother who's six, so he's mm-hmm. in our uh, what is your mighty mites? I believe it is. Yeah, there are uh-huh. there are kid kid tigers. So, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Now, how's so he doing? We have, how's he doing in there? By the way. Oh, he's he's loving it, dude. Like going crazy. I mean, he's kicking and nice. key up in all the right places and just you know. Little, he's a boy, <laughs> so yeah. Well, what's his rank? What's his rank? You see where I'm uh, getting at? Yeah, we see with the preschool classes, we don't really give them. He's still a white belt, but we give okay. him a stripe. Uh, so, yeah, stripe kind of like their age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Because so, yeah, I was, so I was just wondering whether or not you know if the brother was around the same age or whatever, and if he was progressing. You know what I mean? Because that might have something. To do with it, right. well, know, he, with some kids, with some kids, probably right. not in this case, but right. Well, he stays a white yeah. belt. Um, he'll stay a white belt. They do learn Chanji. Chanji Young is the uh, white belt form for our system of Chando Kwan Taekwondo, um, mm-hmm. and he'll continue to do that. And then they'll learn basic steps and stuff like that. And we do a lot of games and whatnot with him, um, but he won't test until he gets. Until he gets into the regular classes yeah. with him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, wow. Yeah. Well, good. Good luck. Yeah. You thanks. Know, it's, it's, it's it is tough. I mean, I've dealt with I've dealt with the same thing, and I know that you know we all have when we were teaching kids that you know they're the kids just that just don't want to be there. Um, right. You know, or they feel like they're being forced to be there. Because her brother's there. Well, I gotta be here because of my brother. Well, why can't I do something on my own? And you know, mm-hmm. and it all. And when you're 12, 13, and in that angst era, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it all it it all just snowballs. And yeah, I, I've even tried to I've even tried to uh, throw in some kickboxing because I used to coach kickboxing, and um, I I did this with my um, my autistic uh, boy. He has Aspergers. And mm-hmm. when he kicks, he looks the other way, you know, and, and right. he just, he, he, he won't focus in on target. But I decided that I was going to do mitt drills with him. And mm-hmm. uh, because it just seemed like he needed a target. He didn't want to hit somebody. I think that was the focus is he didn't really want to actually hurt somebody. So mm-hmm. what I did was is the one-two combos, you know, leading off uh, with the front hand and then Mm-hmm. Coming back with that, and then maybe a front snap kick or a back leg roundhouse. You know, I started working on with those, and instead of instead of um, you know one two three four, which is you know three four being the hooks, right? Um, I made the three fours kicks. So it'd be jab, jab, and then a front snap kick. You know, and and he loved that, and and so I tried it. Nice. Maybe I need to try to do that with her, and I haven't done that with her yet, because maybe she prefers to do 
you know, that type of thing, you know. I don't know. Maybe. I'll try. You know, and the, yeah, and who knows? I mean, it could be that, you know, she's at that age where she just doesn't want to take orders from anybody either. Um, that could and be. It, it, yeah, that, that, that age, that age, when someone comes in and, how old are you? Well, I'm 13. And I try not to cringe on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, sometimes if she can, you know, get involved with everybody else who's in class, if they're around her age, sometimes that helps pull her out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially if they're, I mean, if they're encouraging, but that's her. a hard one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that helps. I mean, like, you know, here, uh, I went through I went through a phase where we had about 150 students, and everyone would would actually text each other or call each other outside of class and go out to movies together, and you know they'd do one group here and, and then change groups, and you know they'd all or they'd all get together and have like a big birthday mm-hmm. party or something like that, and um, and it was great to see friendships build outside of the dojo. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe it, that it's might... hard anymore because a lot of people, you, you know, their way of being friends is over Facebook now. You know, there's no there's no yeah. emotional connection going on there. Yeah. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, we have about three minutes left, so we're going to have to wrap up. I don't know where all the time went. The time just went <laughs> By really quick after we drop the audio on the Facebook feed. <laughs> but, it's unfortunate. But, uh, I know, but our recording will remain intact, um, archived through Blog Talk Radio, and I will be posting the link to our audio-only feed um, right here. The uh, the beginning part of the the audio is really kind of weird, so I'm gonna actually pull this audio and I'm gonna edit it so it doesn't have all all my cussing and stuff like that at the beginning of the of the of the, of the show. But uh, Bob, any any last questions from you for for Rob? No, I'm all questioned out. We we it was a great show, a lot of good information. Yeah, a lot of great information. Cat, any comments or questions for Rob? Uh, no, it's just been it's been a pleasure to have you in class, and uh, it's it's good to now that I'm going to be teaching children again. Um, it's nice to to refresh my memory on on certain things. I appreciate that. Yay! Very cool. And Rob, thank you so much for giving your take on. Uh, on teaching kids, a lot of great information, and we're going to be passing this link around so other people that uh, that are at martial arts schools that are thinking of adding a uh, kids program to their gym or their school or dojang dojo or what have you, that way they can uh, just kind of get a little bit of tips there uh, on, on uh, how to approach it. So he had a great, he had a lot of great advice, and I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. And um, I'm just sharing what I've learned from experience or other people. There is a a wonderful instructor on the East Coast named David Pantano. Shout out to Mm -hmm. him. He does a lot of really great kids drills and he keeps them moving the whole time. He doesn't give them, he doesn't give them a chance to, to spin. He doesn't give them a chance to sit down and, you know, pick their toes. Everything is engagement the whole time. And, 
and they're they're just not off the hook until the end of the class, and it's great because he has a standard and he builds a culture. And once you have uh-huh. that, you have you can you have momentum. If you don't have a culture and kids don't have expectations, right. it's it 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 uh, can be very tiring. But I want to yeah. make a quick note too. It says on the Facebook Master Rob, and I think that's very flattering. But I'm not a master. I'm I'm just an oh, enthusiast. Okay. I'm very enthusiastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, awesome. Oh, well, I'll I'll make sure that that gets fixed, and I have to fix our <laughs> audio anyway. Um, our audio needs some fixing. So, thank you so much, Rob, for joining us and sharing your experience in teaching kids. And thanks, Bob, and thanks, Cat, and thanks, Jeannie. And uh, awesome. sorry we didn't get to any of those other calls. Um, just it's just been a technical difficulty day, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go crawl in a corner now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call there with you. Anyhow. Don't worry. I'll help. Okay. Jeez. All right, everyone. Have a great rest of the weekend, and we will see you next Sunday. And, Bob, who's our guest next Sunday again? Next Sunday, it's going to be Vince Cesare. Yeah, Vince. Hi. He actually studied directly and has a poor sense of Well, that's why that name sounds familiar. Okay, got it. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk to him next week. So keep your eyes out, and hopefully, uh, Blog Talk Radio won't drop out. Or I think it's my encoding software. My encoding software lost communication with uh, Blog Talk Radio, and I couldn't get it back for the rest of the show. But I'll get that fixed. So we'll see everyone next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.